accidents than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Souchere. Korzanowski for the mayor on this beautiful July 4th week. I'm still debating whether I'm going to go to the office tomorrow or not. Not on Wednesday for sure, but uh, uh, no. Fourth of July calls for at least two days of celebration. Well, that's what I'm. You know, I'm going to be off Wednesday, and I'm trying to uh, decide no. whether I, should I was take surprised Thursday to see you here no, today, you're, Rook. Uh, you're coming in. Uh, you know, I like to I like to put them in the bank. You know, save them for later <laughs> on in the week. So I might take Thursday off, and I'm not. I don't know yet. Yeah, it's sushed off the whole week. So, uh, of course, you know what we call this Corzo the week of. Rolling the dice. Rolling dice. What does Rolling that mean? the audio dice. You don't what know are we going to get? You don't know who's coming in. What, you got Jay well, Coles. You got yeah. Murph. We got Best Of on Wednesday. Yeah. Jay Coles, Murph. Who else? Did, uh, Tommy Pelissero's filling Tommy in Pelissero. tomorrow. Tommy Pelissero tomorrow. Now, does he ever talk about stuff other than the NFL? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. In oh, fact, just, he was here earlier today doing a serious XM radio, and he just wanted to kind of go over some things for tomorrow. Oh, good. Unlike Jay Coles. Who just who rolls, rolls in. in? Yeah. Who, well, as who, the who's got it all? He says, "I've got it all up here." He does. <laughs> he does. But you first, know, the funny I thing is, eat my lunch. Right. when you meet Jay Coles, if you said, "What is his job?" and you and somebody said, "It's an investigative reporter," that would be about my forty eighth, maybe right. four hundred, because he's such a fun loving. You don't think of him as being a guy that's out digging up dirt on people, right? Right. He, he doesn't uh, car seem, salesman. He's got a great personality. Yes, he's, uh, or he's in sales. Although, he, he doesn't take anything very seriously, and he was doing investigative journalism, right. and he does it well. Right. I'm just saying, it's it seems to be opposite of his personality. It pressures in fa- off. In fact, he when he was in Friday, uh, Rook was gone too. So I don't know if you caught this, Rook, but he did the uh, a piece on the Oak Park Heights prison. Mm-hmm. So are you guys familiar with this story? No. Every, I, I, I think there were 13 different counts of um, prison guards being assaulted. Well, in, it just happened very and recently. It just, one just happened, yeah. and, and nobody is reporting on this. Why? I, I That was the whole point, is he doesn't understand why this isn't a big story, because I think he said since March there were 13 different incidents at that prison, and, well, and nobody is ask. reporting on it. I mean, this is classic case... Oh, prison um, protocol are, are, are one of the inmates doing the taxes for the warden. That's right. This is how it always is, right? Well, is there a tax guy in prison doing the taxes for the warden? And then the lead you know, guard and just... Wanting to get to Z-Wantanejo. Z-Wantanejo. Maybe the number one all-time Rainy Saturday afternoon movies that if it's on, you've got to stop and watch at least 10 minutes of it. I, if it's on, I will stop and watch. You know, I may not watch the whole thing, but but you, that's what that's a movie. It can be at any point in time because you've all seen it a million times. And it's on, it's a Saturday afternoon and it's raining. And you, you're sitting down having a sandwich or something and boom, you're going to watch that while you eat the sandwich, right? This actually happened. It was a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon and it was lunchtime. And for some reason we had all gathered and having a sandwich. And I walked, last one to walk in the room. And I sit down, I glance at the TV, and I see it's Shawshank, and I just go, oh, my God, Shawshank is on. <laughs> so I just sat there, and everybody else laughed. I said, what's so funny? And the kid said, Mom said, when you come in here and you see that this is on, you will be glued to the set. And, and let me tell you this. Let's say that you had it either saved, maybe you DVR'd it and saved it nowadays, or you had the, 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 the old time, the DVD of it, right? Yeah. 
You never would watch it. Never. But when it's actually on TV to where you have no missed, control over where you can see it. One third of it already. They, that's where you watch it. Because it's it's like it's like going and finding it on my DVR and die, spooling it up is even too much. But it's just it's right there. I need to, I need to kill ten minutes. I can watch it at any point of the now point break is maybe my number one for that. But uh but Shawshank point break is my point break. Point point break, break with what? Keanu Reeves and the when when he's a, he's Johnny Utah, you never seen this movie? I don't think I've seen this. Reavers to the list. Mm-mm. What? Point Break. Point oh, wait, Break. That, that's the skydiving one. No, that's the new that's version. Bill and Ted's Big Adventure. No, they maybe do do skydive. I think they do, but they yeah they do they skydive and the, but they're robbers. No, they surf. They surf and and so he that's infiltrates it. and it's and it's Patrick Swayze is this the head of this Bodie? He's the head of the bad guys. Oh, it's it's one of the all time great movies on a Saturday afternoon. That's a, that's a, it's right up there with Shawshank. I'm telling you, it's it's not as good a movie as Shawshank, but it's well, I love. I mean, it's Keanu Reeves and and uh, Patrick Swayze. I mean, it doesn't get any better than Was that. Patrick Swayze, the one from Roadhouse. Yes, another. Well, that's another great Saturday afternoon movie. And Patrick Swayze. There's one line in that movie that I I didn't really get. What was that? Because I can guy, explain it for you. Okay. When when the guy that Patrick Swayze is fighting with. The guy that got out of prison. Okay. Okay, the bad guy. He says something to him as he's beating him up. What does he say? He says, well, how do I put it uh, politely? So it's words you can't... I used to do things to guys like you in prison. And I thought, is he trying to scare him or is he bragging? I wasn't sure which. Probably both. And then, you know, Patrick Swayze turns around and kicks his butt. But he said, I used to do, you know, bad things to guys like you in prison. And I just thought, why... What... What writer thought they had to throw that line in there? Well, you, first of all, it's a perfect movie, so you can't criticize any aspect of, of Roadhouse. But there's the, but another great line is when he's sitting there, and he takes over, and he comes in, and they say to him, because he's, he's, a, he's called a cooler. Yeah. He's in charge of being a bouncer, and he goes to this horrible bar called the Double Deuce that's, that's a wreck. And, he, right. and, he, and, he's, and he's training all the guys, the bouncers. And he says, they say, well, what do you do when somebody says, your mother is a blankety blank. Yeah. And he goes, well, is she? And the guy gets really mad when he says it. He says, you laugh. <laughs> he goes, he goes, you be nice. He goes, be nice. He goes, yes, be nice. Until when? Until it's time not to be nice. <laughs> and he says, how do you know? And he goes, I'll tell you. And I tell the, I, I literally use this line with all my clients. I tell them, I am going to be nice to the other lawyer and the other side until it's time not to be nice. And I said, I will tell you when that is. That's exactly, it's a great, it's a great line. Uh, uh, and then he, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great movie. Roadhouse, well, okay, yeah. Well, the reason I wanted to bring up Jessica oh, yeah. Ventura, did you see there was a story in today's Star Tribune? And I, I had to go on and do, do a little history digging, and my history was different. When anyone asks me, the story in the Star Tribune today is that now a lot of people, and this is true, because I've gone and I've rented some cabins in northern Minnesota for a weekend or four or five days. Right. You go on VBRO. VRBO, I mean, or, or, you know, all these things. And right. A lot of people now will, they, they use their cabin, but they'll take the eight weekends of summer when no one's going to be up there. Maybe the kids are busy or the kids have gotten a little older and they rent their cabin out and there's these services that will, you know, find the renters and clean the cabin for you. And then, you know, you rent it. And so they're saying that so many of these cabins are being rented out that now they might have to tax them as rental property oh, as instead Lord. of a home. Yeah. And so they're, they're trying to get some tax money out of these cabins. And, and I got to thinking, when Jesse became governor, there are two things. I remember there were like three things that, that was most important to him. And they were the, the, much like Trump. Mm-hmm. He, 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 his, his social policy, his, his political policy is based on things that are going to benefit him. Yes. The fact that Trump is so in favor of tariffs 
even though that is very an anti-Republican view, yep. right? It strikes me as odd. And he has a lot of foreign you know, hotels and other things. So it right. strikes me as odd why he is so tore up about it. And I'm, and I'm thinking, sometime in the past, he got burned by some foreign government who taxed him on something. And I'm just thinking deep so into Trump thing. There is something that bugs him about it. I don't know this for a fact. but And Jesse had three things. One was the jet skis. Remember, they would try to outlaw jet skis on lakes. It yes. drove Jesse crazy because yes. he liked to ride jet skis. Yes. Second thing was he always drove very expensive cars and had to pay very. Remember, the tabs were based yep. on the value yep. of your car, yes. and he got that greatly reduced. Year in value. And I thought the third thing was because he had a very expensive cabin up north that he couldn't homestead it. And I thought that he had that he had convinced the, the the Minnesota State Legislature to to pass a law where you you could homestead a second home. But I was reading this story today because the story I saw about taxing these cabins in a different category. I said, oh, because they're they're being homesteaded. And I found this story from 2015, and here's what it said about Jesse. It said the subject about about reducing taxes for mm-hmm. people with cabins has been increasing. This is from 2015, uh, Star Tribune has become increasingly divisive as cabin owners around the state intensify their lobbying effort at the Capitol to shift some of the financial burden off their personal or their seasonal properties. The tax, imposed in 2002 during Jesse's time, generates nearly $44 million in state tax revenue from the 120,000 properties because they because they because in 2002 they passed a law where, where cabins were taxed as a business property. So I wondered, was that the Jesse thing? Did that increase the taxes? And I guess I don't remember. Boy, I'm try- I'm I couldn't to find an answer. That, it, it seems like that would have been something that he would have been upset about. Yes, because they there was a, a family cabin in his uh, in his family. But I guess he redid. He really was a leader in redoing the property taxes and how they were treating cabins. And and in 2015, cabin owners were trying to fight back against that. So that kind of struck me as odd because I thought Jesse had basically said. Yeah, why should I? My, my, why can't I have a homestead for my? Why can't I have I'd two? I'd rather homes? homestead that myself. I would <laughs> like a second one. I don't know, <laughs> something so, like that, Corzo. So I was just reminded about that <laughs> when I saw it. I can't, I can't compete with that with the rook on this one. Uh, no, but that and, and I am giving away the surplus, giving back the surplus. That was his other. That was that was his other vow. Yes. Well, and the other thing I read about about Jesse was when he when he took over, we had a four point one billion dollar surplus, and when we left, we had a four point one billion dollar deficit four years later. So uh, yeah, it didn't work so well. Uh, yeah. uh, we'll take a break and come back. Uh. Commencing garage logic segment number seven. I'll tell you something I don't think a GLer would do. What? At least I hope not. Uh, if you have a bunch of goldfish, they're uh, called koi. Yes. You see this story in the paper? I uh, know. I missed this. I did, uh, I did not read this. Ornamental goldfish that escaped or were released into a lake just south of the Twin Cities likely infected and killed off large numbers of carp, according to state conservation officials. A virus from the koi goldfish also has been found in at least eight other southern Minnesota lakes in the past year, the state uh, Department of Natural Resources said Friday. Staff from the DNR's Lake City Fisheries Office went to Lake Billsby, I think I'm pronouncing that right, near Cannon Falls, after dead fish washed up on shore. 
They collected samples and brought them to the agency's pathology lab and to the Minnesota Aquatic Invasive Research Center at the University of Minnesota. The labs confirmed that the fish died from infection from the koi herpes virus, which only afflicts common carp and koi, an ornamental member of the carp family raised in East Asia for centuries and kept by some people in aquariums (laughs) and outdoor ponds. Uh, Very outgoing carp. Very outgoing carp. uh, So the the, the other carp liked it for a while until the... (laughs) You know, I always news. the carp had to go home with the bad news. You know, uh, uh, you know, know. who have you been messing around with? Those ornamental koi <laughs> that have shown up in the, the neighborhood. New, the new neighbors. The new neighbors. The, new neighbors. the, the cute little the orange carp <laughs> instead of the big fat ugly carp. You know, his wife's got the big lips and yeah. kind of the whiskers. The house coat, the apron. Yeah, the house coat, the apron. You know, and here comes the Curlers. cute. Here comes the cute little little orange <laughs> one. You know, just yeah. moved into the neighborhood. Just I need a cup of sugar. It's just yeah. yeah it's right. it, it's. it's I mean, come on. They said, and so I love the way the article's written. It has to be written the way they were told. They were either escaped. How's an ornamental carp going to escape? I suppose some people might have like a little pond in their backyard. Yeah. And maybe it's near a lake and there's like a huge rainfall. The carp gets out and slips down into the lake. I'm not, I don't really see like the koi trying to get out of the aquarium or like get out of their little fish ponds in the backyard. With the... Uh- with the stick, with the uh, the bandana tied around the end of it as they're hitchhiking. <laughs> yeah, escaping. I mean, so so it might be somebody that was just a, too sick of taking care no, of them. My guess is what would happen is the people didn't want to take care of them anymore, and instead, maybe, and this might sound heartless, killing them, just you know, flushing them down right. the toilet or whatever. They thought this is what my wife would do. No que- no question about it. I mean, she once in our yard, uh, there was in our other house there was. The dogs would always go back and dig up these leaves, and we went and we didn't know why they were over there. Okay. And we went over there, and a, and a rabbit had laid, had their babies there, and so the babies are in. They're tiny, you know. They're about, you know, the size of like a, like a like a pack of gum. Right. I mean, they're they're tiny, right. and and they're all just huddled in there, right? And you know, because they're until they get old enough to to go free, do stuff. And when the dogs in in place, the mother, because uh, she's a rabbit. You know, she bails. Okay, not a, not a, not. She's not going to win mother of the year. Roll the dice, yeah. yeah, she's willing to roll the <laughs> dice. She she bails, and so our dogs are have like scared off the mother. So the mother is gone and has abandoned her babies. Yes. And so Lisa felt really terribly about it. So she gathers them up in a box and took them to some. She looked it up online, and there's some animal health shelter that'll take the baby rabbits. And said, "Well, they probably won't survive without their mother, but thanks for bringing them in." You know, that's so I think so if we had fish, you know, if we had ornamental fish and she didn't want to take care of them anymore because we wanted to get rid of them. Right. She wouldn't just kill them. She would take probably take them to a lake and let them go. So that's probably what happened here. So I don't think it was somebody that meant poorly. It was just somebody that was not educated that this was a bad thing. Figuring you let them in there. They're they're carp anyway. They're going to. Yes, I would have thought that. Uh, and it says here at the end, by the way, for those, so we can give you a public service, because mm-hmm. one of the things is you can learn more on Garage Logic, although nobody's learned anything from me today, but maybe you they can learn, learn more this. here by accident than elsewhere by design. Yes. Ideally, this is from the Today Star Tribune, ideally, unwanted living aquarium fish and plants should be donated. Minnesota Sea Grant and the Minnesota Aquarium Society have hosted fish and plant surrenders. Information is available at Seagrant, S-E-A-G-R-A-N-T dot U-M-N dot E-D-U slash news. Now, nobody needs a website. You could do Seagrant 
Google and you could find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're looking to get rid of your ornamental fish. We recommend not into the... It's like the you lake. don't take the oil from your car and pour it down the, the, the uh, sewer drain. You have to bring it in. Right. You know, I still am not it's sure a, what to do with the battery I took out of the... out of my smoke detector. I just no. throw the batteries away. Are you supposed to bring them somewhere too? Well, I, I think... I it, just throw them in the trash. It probably would benefit the, 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 the environment. Them. Can you throw them in the recycling bin? I No, you're not supposed to put them in the recycling bin. Okay, but then here's my question. In fact, question. if you ever look at, at my recycling bin, mm-hmm. it lists all the things you're not supposed to put in there. I see a lot of wine. About, about lot 90, of, yeah, well, wine bottles can bottles. go in there. But, yeah, I mean, it's like dirty pizza boxes. I've thrown pizza boxes in recycling forever. Yeah. I mean, it, I'd say three-quarters of the stuff I put in the recycling box I'm not supposed to put in there. Well, that's my question. Would they rather have you put the battery in the recycling where it might get recycled as opposed to the but trash? But maybe you can't recycle it. I don't it's know. Going into the landfill. It's, it's, uh, I don't know what you're supposed to do with it, but do not put the fish. Would a GL or put the fish in the pond? I don't, maybe. What do you think? I don't know if a GL is going to have koi. (laughs) Number one, he might have a, boy, that's a good question. Not really, but it's, it's, it's an interesting question, but it's It's an interesting question to find out what would most GLers do. I guess I would. I would. Unknowingly, like drop them in dew drop pond. uh, Wouldn't you, wouldn't you think that if you had, because I always heard that, that goldfish were basically, if you put them in a lake, this is what I, this was the the wives tale I'd always been told. Mm -hmm. If you put a koi, if you take your little goldfish, which I call goldfish, Mm -hmm. and you put them in a lake, they would turn into carp. That's what I've been told. No way. No, but it's not true, but that's what I would have. I thought, well, how could they do that? It said the only reason they wouldn't get big is because they were in a small aquarium and they would eat. I heard that too. But it's not true, obviously. But in fact, it's going to kill their brethren. Just be sure of what type of, you know, are you buying a 60s hippie koi? You know, make sure you're getting that clean Koi that hasn't really been uh, <laughs> no taking a run for its money. Yet. You yeah. know what I mean? Road hard. And I would like the wet. hippie koi if yeah. it was going to be a mine. I will. Uh, anyway, Garage Logic will be right back. It will indeed, Corzo. We've got Bruce Vale waiting in the wings. He's got the Your Money Now report coming to us courtesy of Owatonna's own Federated Insurance. Good. Monday afternoon, Mr. Vale. Well, it's an up and down day, so we don't know for sure whether it's good for the market yet, but stocks are recovering from some early declines. Still uh, partially in the red, though. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 24 points. The NASDAQ Composite, though, bouncing back. It's up 29, and the S&P 500 right now is flat, so uh, trade jitter still rocking the market a little bit. Target and Walmart are planning to automate more store tasks as the retailers look to free up employees to allow them to help shoppers. Target plans to add automatic cash counting machines to most of its stores this summer. Those machines count bills and coins quickly and allow stores to predict how much money is needed for each cashier's shift. Target workers who did that job manually will be assigned other tasks. Walmart plans to use robots in more stores to scan shelf inventory and detect products that are out of stock. The company is also adding conveyor belts, automatic ones, to cut the number of workers needed to unload trucks, and that will allow Walmart to hire more people to roam stores to compile online orders. Factory activity accelerated for the second straight month in June, signaling momentum in the U.S. manufacturing sector. The Institute for Supply Management said its index rose more than expected, with the indexes for new orders, production, and employment all increasing. I'm Bruce Vail with your Money Now on 1500 ESPN. Brucey, thank you for that Monday report. We'll talk to you in one hour and get number two, GLers, red, white, and boom. 
Start your 4th of July off with a race and a little grill out. Join 1500 ESPN and Twin Cities in Motion at the Boom at Boom Island Park for the Red, White, and Boom Half Marathon Relay in 5K. After finishing your race, stick around for the finisher's grill out, complete with hot dogs. Commencing garage logic segment number eight. When I get feeling hurting and reeling, it's so Time for a uh, 1500 ESPN Twin Cities news update with Johnny Height. Thank you, Corso. Sunny up to 86 degrees now. This update brought to you by Menards, Twins and Brewers in Milwaukee tonight. Kyle Gibson goes for the Twins. Lefty Brent Suter pitches for the Brewers. Matt Cullen will play a 21st season in the NHL, but it won't be here in Minnesota. Oh, Cullen, a native of Virginia, Minnesota, reportedly signed a one-year $650,000 contract to go back to the Pittsburgh Penguins as NHL free agency opened yesterday. That ended Cullen's second stint with the Wild. Means he'll be back in Pittsburgh after a one-year absence. The 41-year-old center helped the Penguins win back-to-back Stanley Cup titles in 2016 and 17 before signing a one-year deal with the Wild last summer. So basically, he wants to be on a team that can actually get past the first round of the playoffs. And you know what else? I mean, look, I have no problem with a hockey player playing as long as he can because when he's done playing, the rest of his life he ain't playing hockey. He's going to write. He's not going to get... But these stories, oh, I came back because I got my boys need to be here. I need to be around my family. I mean, no. I mean, he'll have plenty of time. This, right? Right. Isn't that why he came here? Now he's going back to Pittsburgh to play hockey. I don't blame him, but then, you know, I'm just saying that. Well, he's still a guy that's productive at his age. You know, I didn't watch a lot of wild games this year, but he looked pretty shot to me, I thought, this past year. But 11 goals, 11 assists in 79 games last year with the Wild. Yep. So, 22 points. Well, if we're going to go down that road of uh, production level with wild players, give me a pen. (laughs) (laughs) News notes from today. A lacrosse coach for the White Bear Lake Public School District has been charged after reportedly sending a student inappropriate photos via social media. According to a criminal complaint, a district employee contacted police saying 20-year-old Amber Joy Crone had sent photos to a 14-year-old student via Snapchat. No, for uh, inappropriate. Oh, inappropriate. Oh, I see. An officer viewed the photos allegedly of a partially nude woman sent to the student. In an interview, how are these people that stupid? There right. is a paper trail. What? What? It is, and you know, and, and here the student was fourteen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, she's only twenty. Let's say it was eighteen. You know, I'm not saying it'd be right, but right. but but twenty to fourteen. Yeah. In an interview, the student said he knew Crone through lacrosse. He was on the boys' team, and Crone coached the girls' team. He added he sometimes helped the managers of the girls' team once his team practice was over, mm-hmm. or if his team didn't have practice. Student told authorities he began following Crone on Instagram. She added him on Snapchat. Student said they would exchange random pictures. There was never any conversation. A complaint states that early in June, the student received the photos from Crone, so he unfollowed her. She attempted to add him again, but he declined the invitation. A White Bear Lake City prosecutor issued a warrant for Crone's arrest. Crone's been charged with gross misdemeanor, level prohibited distribution, and exhibition of obscene materials and performance. President Trump said today he interviewed four potential candidates for the Supreme Court, moving swiftly to choose a nominee as Democrats launch preemptive attacks against his eventual pick. He said, uh, told reporters in the Oval Office today during the morning, I interviewed and met with four potential justices of our great Supreme Court. They are standing people. They are really incredible people in so many different ways, academically and every other way. And I had a very, very interesting morning. 
He said he plans to meet with two or three more potential picks. We'll make a decision over the next few days. Trump said he plans to announce the choice to replace outgoing Justice Anthony Kennedy on July 9th. A footstool on an unoccupied seat of an amusement ride broke off Saturday night at the city's 4th of July carnival in Forest Lake. According to the Forest Lake Police Department, two officers were assigned to patrol the carnival. were in the area where it happened just before 6 in the evening. Three people were on the ride at the time. Uh, luckily, nobody was on the seat where the uh, footstool broke off. No injuries reported. Uh, the ride, if you're wondering, goes to the Scrambler. You guys remember the Scrambler? I, I love do. the Scrambler. I, I do love too. the Scrambler. I do too, yeah. Isn't that the, the one where you just keep spinning? It you spin. It. it looks like you're running into other cars who are spinning at you. So what ride, the, the ride as a kid that I absolutely could not handle yeah. was the was the Tilt-A-Whirl. Oh, Come I love on, the Tilt-A-Whirl. That's my that favorite. Is, yeah. My favorite was the Scrambler, but the Tilt-A-Whirl was no, no. I didn't handle the spinning. I can't. No, I, no, I, I, I can go up a mile in the air, and that's that's all good. But if I spin, I'm going to be sick. I, I like the Scrambler, the Tilt-A-Whirl. Do you guys remember the Roundup, the one that would you'd stand? Yeah, you stand. You stand, and it goes oh. up, and it spins around. Gravity oh, pulls you. That's yeah. called the Roundup. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah. Well, after we have the break, I will tell you my Roundup story. Oh, okay. And now the Roundup is now called the Gravitron. Oh, really? Yeah. Got a yeah. new name. Yeah. Same, but, uh, same, but, same thing, though. I'm going to remind you. Round but, up. But, but, uh, well, I will, give you, I will give you the the, the preview. Uh, it, it involved a rainy day at Como Park and a guy smoking cigarettes. And I wasn't the guy smoking cigarettes. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think I'm going to get sick. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting sick just thinking about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> it's like the scene from... Uh, uh, the ba- the kids' baseball movie. Oh, my goodness. Sandlot? Yeah, the Sandlot where they all put the chewing tobacco in and they go on <laughs> oh, the rides. Oh, gross. By the way, speaking of movies, Corso. Yeah. Roadhouse? Really? Oh, you've never seen Roadhouse? I tried to watch Roadhouse no, not and couldn't the... make it through it. Oh, man. Roadhouse the only thing I liked about Roadhouse was ben Jeff, Jeff Healy was the only guy I liked about it. Which the, one is he? He's the blind guitar oh, player. Oh, yeah, right, where they're throwing now, all the bottles he, at him behind the cage. Yeah, yeah. He, he's now dead, unfortunately, but that's the only guy I could So he was a real musician, I guess. I oh, didn't God, he's a yeah. Yeah, monster guitar yeah, player. Okay. Yeah, very good. Uh, US, ben Gazzara. Ben Gazzara was in it, too. That was yes. one of his last uh, roles, yeah. I think, probably, wasn't it? I would guess. Played the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, I watched about an hour and just went, okay, see ya. Oh. John can't stoop to the level of Roadhouse. Yeah, I've got Sam, much more important well, things to do. Is it Sam Shepard? Sam Shepard? Sam Elliott? Or which is the guy? Sam Shepard was not in Roadhouse. Sam, no, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott was, yeah. yeah. Sam Elliott. That would make sense. The guy that yeah. did beef, what's for dinner after Robert Mitchum died. Sometimes you eat the bar. bar. Sometimes you eat the bar. <laughs> Sometimes the bar will eat you. What movie is that from? Big oh, Lebowski. God. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, got it. Yeah, that's some kind of Eastern thing. Yeah. Thank you for going. Yeah, okay, now I remember. Yeah. Otherwise, you would have been, Sam, been escorting to. you out. Exactly. Yeah. Police say orange-colored ecstasy pills bearing an image resembling President Trump's face are making oh. the rounds in northern Indiana. Indiana State Police said in a statement that a face is stamped on the front of the illegal pills and the rare beers the uh, rear bears the words "Great Again" in apparent reference to Trump's "Make America Great Again" campaign pledge. Friday's release didn't say how many of the pills have been seized. Police say 129 arrests were made during a six-day traffic stop operation in June. LSD, cocaine, and other drugs also seized. Traffickers sometimes produce uniquely shaped or colored illegal drugs as a marketing technique to distinguish their wares from the comp- uh, competition and encourage buyers to return for well, more. Johnny, I hope they were made in America. It's all <laughs> <laughs> A month after President Trump signaled drug companies would soon be slashing prices, the nation's largest pharmaceutical company is upping the cost of about 100 different drugs and treatments. 
Pfizer increasing the price of some of its better-known drugs, including erectile dysfunction treatment, Viagra. According to a story published today in the Financial Times, the increases which took effect yesterday are just over 9% on average, well above the rate of inflation. It's the second such move this year by Pfizer, with the cost of some of its drugs up nearly 20% since January. The average wholesale cost of a 100-milligram Viagra pill is now $88.45, up almost 20% from the 73.85 at the beginning of 2018. An American-born citizen who federal authorities say recently scouted locations in Cleveland to attack people watching 4th of July fireworks, talked of carrying out additional bombings, has been charged with trying to support terrorism. The man allegedly believed he was planning the attack with al-Qaeda associates, but instead he'd been dealing with someone working undercover for the FBI. Federal authorities said today that 48-year-old Demetrius Pitts had repeatedly expressed his support for al-Qaeda for more than a year and talked about setting off the bombs at a July 4th parade and later in his hometown of Philadelphia. Pitts is from Maple Heights. He was due in court later this afternoon in Cleveland. He was arrested Sunday after meeting an undercover agent and charged with attempted support of a terrorist organization. FBI Special Agent Stephen Anthony said Pitts was radicalized in the U.S., wanted to carry out the terror attack here in the United States. Anthony said it was not clear how close Pitts was to carrying out his threats, but he said authorities couldn't sit back and wait to find out. Authorities first began watching Pitts in 2017 after he made Facebook posts threatening violence against the United States. He later began meeting with an undercover agent and talked about several different ways to carry out an attack, according to the court documents. Pitts also talked with the undercover agent about his hatred for the U.S. military. He was telling everybody, huh? To Anthony. All right, thanks, Johnny. Mm-hmm. When we come back, weather... Saying that three times twice. Ha. Over the fourth, business is booming. Enjoy the explosive patriotic fun and light them up. Then assess the damage and come into my store to save, save, save on all prosthetics and artificial body parts. Choose from the area's best selection of finger replacements, artificial eyebrows, all expressions in stock, including surprised and pensive. Save on body molds, wrist joints, knuckle sockets, glass eyes, multi-ethnicity skin grafting kits, lip coverings, eardrum nerve damage pads, toe attachment adhesive, and fancy scar cream. The 4th of July is risky, but America is great, and nobody sells more prosthetics than Paul's Prosthesis Palace. So, after the barbecues and the fiery celebrations, we'll turn your carelessness and misfortune into savings. I'm Paul. When almost new, we'll have to do. Shop Paul's Prosthesis Palace. Have a happy 4th. sun is up, and it's time to now head into the uh, Channel 5 Weather Center with uh, Ren Claire. Good afternoon, Ren. Gorgeous start to the work week. Much more comfortable than last week, you guys. Work week? Who's working this week? Oh, come on. Some of us do. Yeah, I'm trying to avoid it. <laughs> well, it's going to be a nice week to get out, even if you do work here today or tomorrow. I'd recommend getting out today or tomorrow, because by the 4th, unfortunately, it's going to be a bit stormy and a little uncomfortable. First, today's forecast is gorgeous out there, mostly sunny skies, very low humidity as well. I am tracking a couple scattered showers that are well northwest of the metro. We have the chance for a couple showers here this evening, especially northwest of the Twin Cities. Brainerd, Duluth looking at the chance for some pockets of heavy rain here tonight. Also the chance for a few strong storms 
uh, farther to our northwest into the overnight hours. Tonight we do cloud over a little bit. Temperatures are going to dip down into the low 70s and into tomorrow we're looking at highs in the upper 80s. It's a little more humid tomorrow but we're still going to see plenty of sunshine into the afternoon after the slight chance for an early morning shower here in the Twin Cities. Your 4th of July does look a little bit dicey. We've got that chance for storms during the day, some scattered showers. It's about a 30% chance right now during the day, but into the evening and the overnight hours, that chance for storms becomes more likely, and we could see some strong storms there. It's going to be hot for the 4th. Temperatures in the low 90s and very, very humid as well. Thursday, we start to peel back some of that humidity, and Friday is going to be a comfortable forecast for us. And your records, I do have those. Yes, where do we have them? All right, any guesses? July um, 2nd. July 2nd, <laughs> 102. <laughs> so our record uh, was 99. 99, not, July 2nd. Not what a year? blockbuster record for highs, but uh, still definitely hot in 2012. Okay. And our record low, 49. And I think you might get this year. It's on par with uh, a lot of the records that were set last week as well. Ooh. 2015. I don't know. 1924. Oh, of course. The, 20s, the, famous... the Dust Bowl years were the 30s, the uh, yep. the cold uh, 20s, that we call yep. it. All right, thanks, Ren. Have a great fourth. Thank you, Ren. Yep, you too. All right, uh, Ren Claire, the new... Uh, so, Roundup. We yep. were talking about rides. Yep. I did not know the name of this ride was the Roundup, where you stand up, Yeah. and it spins... It and, and it, like and, the orange... Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. Padding. And, and it spins, and it kind of goes up on its axis a little yeah. bit, and it spins. So, this was years ago. My son is now 27 years old. He mm. was like two. So 25 years ago, yep. uh, took him to Como Park. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, a, it was the middle of the week. I had the day off. It was kind of cold and rainy. And so there's hardly anybody there. Right. It was a great time to go to, to Como Sparky Park. The Seal show yeah, was it's on great. at 2 o'clock. Yeah, it's yeah. great for the kids. Yep. You know, you can go see the animals. And then, then we decided to do some rides. And I was still young enough then that I still thought I could go on spinning rides. I, this is when I realized I could not. So I get on the roundup and there's like four of us get onto the ride yep. and there's nobody there. So we start doing the ride. And I would say an average ride, if it's busy is what, maybe a minute and a half, yeah, maybe like that, you know, maybe, maybe two, maybe you want to turn over that table right yeah. away. And so more. we're on it for a minute and a half and I'm starting to feel a little queasy and it probably goes to about three minutes and I'm thinking I need to get off and I'm, I'm feeling like I'm about to throw up. Oh boy. So what I started to do was I started to look straight ahead instead of looking at the surrounding spinning. So I'm just concentrating and there happened to be a guy right across from me. There's like four of us on, but the guy was, and I'm just staring at him. He's getting kind of creeped out. No, I think he's staring at me too. I think he's doing the same thing. It's been like three minutes and I'm thinking this thing has got to end pretty soon. So at the risk of throwing up, I, I shoot my glance down to the carny. Because yeah. back then, yeah. it was your typical carny. Oh, yeah. He looks like a guy that if, you know, you wouldn't leave your kid, uh, uh, you know, unattended anywhere <laughs> right. near this guy. Right. right. And I see him light a smoke. And oh, no. I'm no. thinking, oh, no. This is going to be another two minutes. Yep. Two and a half. Because he's, and he, and he was, I wasn't mad at him because he's probably thinking, there's nobody in line. Right. I'll give these guys a longer ride. What a great what a deal. What a guy. And when I was a kid, I would have liked that. I am not liking it now. I'm getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And and I'm really concentrating on this guy. And finally, I'm thinking, he's got to be done with that smoke. So I shoot another glance down, and he lit another one. Oh, a chain smoker. And he went through that entire cigarette. So by the time he finally shut it off, I would estimate that I was on the ride probably eight to ten minutes. Spinning. 
And it's way too. And, I, I don't even. I, I couldn't handle it. Either. And oh, and uh, that I didn't throw up is amazing. And so I get off the ride, and my wife was there, and my son is there, and he goes, "Hey, Daddy, what are we doing?" I said, "We are going home." So what do you mean? I said, I, "I've got to go home." I mean, I've never felt. I staggered to the car. Yep. Got in the back seat and laid down so I couldn't see where we were moving. So dear, you're driving. And my wall, yeah, I couldn't have driven. I mean, it, 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 I, I was incapable <laughs> of driving. It was. But you didn't throw up. That's, no, I kind of wished I had. But after the ride, if, if you throw up on that ride, what? it's really bad. Yeah. Now, the I was. Dragons how that... about this? It was like four or five years ago. I'm at this big lawyer conference, and the lawyer conference had rented out. For the for our whole party, this big a bunch this, of roundups. No, no. They, but we were at uh, 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 J.K. Rowling. What did uh, Harry, Harry Potter, Potter World? Harry yeah. Potter World. Have you been to Harry Potter I have World? Not. Well, they have this ride there where it's what's Quidditch. Is that where you ride the? Yeah, yeah, the broomstick, and you get try to get. The and ball. this ride wasn't. You know, we we had the park to ourselves, so the walking in to get to the ride through the the line where the okay, line would yeah, be yeah. probably took me ten minutes to walk through. So they get huge lines for this ride, but there wasn't this day. So I get on the ride. And it's one of these rides where it's like 3D and you're in a screen, but oh, yeah. it, but it also moves and you would move into the, the and, box. The, the car moves. Yeah, and, and, well, and then the cars move to it. You're like going through these different rooms and then you kind of stop, but you move and you and you see this 3D. And it was I felt every bit like I was on <laughs> like I was on this broom. And there's no rails. And there's no. And I was not it. liking it that I was getting the same feeling I had on the roundup. <laughs> And that ride probably took five or six minutes because, uh, you know, people were waiting. If When it was busy, you'd probably wait in line like an hour to get there. Right. So you can't have a minute and a half right. ride if you're right. waiting an hour. Right. You got to stretch it out. And I got off that ride and the same thing happened to me. And I said, uh, back to the hotel. Um, <laughs> I'm, they had a, and you know what, Rook, I'll tell you how, how sick I was. There wasn't, there was an open bar at this place. And I said, no, no, I got as much food as you could eat. I said, no, I'm going back. I got to go to bed. That kills me. And I bet it was a really good spread, too. Oh, it was a tremendous spread. Yeah. So, it was what a, rides were you going? Can you go on? Uh, I can't go on anything that spins. I, roll, I can go on a roller coaster. At least last time I tried, which is probably 10 years ago. I, I'm probably not going on anymore. As you get older, your ears get different. You can't do stuff. It's you can't. An unnecessary your, risk. It's, it's not. Yeah. It, it's. Well, the last time I was at, I think it was Valley Fair. I went with the, we went with the kids and my wife and I went, I don't like heights. I get afraid of heights. I, and I don't like uh, rides because I get freaked out. I get the ride face. But she said, well, let's go on these swings. How? And I thought, oh, yeah, those can know, get I, you too. How bad can the swings be? You know, you, you sit yep. in the adult ones and then they start they going swing around. Way oh, high yeah. And you're, I'm looking at the chain going, please do not break. You know, I can't even enjoy it at that point. No. And it just, I survived it. But again, it's an unnecessary sliding yeah. in the winter. Yeah. Unnecessary. No, risk. it's. Or for me, getting on a ladder. Yeah. I, I don't, don't do Call it. Call painters. Exactly right. Uh, we'll come back and wrap up Garage Logic. Give you a little World Cup update. What do we got going here, bro? Well, you know, Belgium, which is now kind of one of the dark horse favorites, was playing Japan in the round of 16, was down 2-0 about 65 minutes into the game, and Belgium scored three goals 
in the last, what, 25-plus minutes to uh, win and beat Japan 3-2. to two. And I, I was just kind of monitoring it as I was watching. It yeah. was pretty exciting stuff. It was, uh, it was really – that might be the most exciting soccer game I've ever, I've ever kind of viewed. It didn't see I, – I didn't get you – know, I didn't watch it religiously. No. I, I would glance up, but on the – of course, the – TCL Broadcast Studios on your nice at TCL Roku yeah. TV up there. But it didn't seem like there was a lot of flailing. Of, uh, no, the I fake agree. Falling and it wasn't. I thought like, the same thing. Uh, who did I watch? Uh, Spain and Russia. Yeah, horrible. And one guy gets his hand on a chest and it was this as if his hand was full of acid. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we got to run. We got to run. Sports talk next. 1500 ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. Stick around. <laughs> 